Okay, it's rap pack to my pulse flat. We keep it real, no false rap. I got four cars and they all black. Got four bras and they all that. We call that ballin'. Doing this is my calling. Flow is so appalling. My phone off and she Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back into another episode of the Charm City Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hollihan, and I'm back here on this Wednesday night talking about the Baltimore Orioles taking two of three from the Houston Astros. This was a back-and-forth series, a lot of crazy stuff going on, a lot of really, um, some really solid, solid baseball by the O's, and it all started in Game 1 where John Means on the mound, um, and I thought he did a good job. You know, I think that for his second start of the season, I thought he did solid. He only won five innings. Only threw 86 pitches, but hopefully he's going to get uh you know some more work in there, and his pitch count's going to get higher, and they'll have a they won't have as tight of a leash on him. Um, but the O's started off this game, you know, uh, with a 3-1 lead. Then with Fujinami um, taking over for Means, they handed the lead uh, right back to the Astros, who was 5-3. And then the top of the seventh, it was double trouble with Adley Rushman. Um, plating Gunnar Henderson, and then Cedric Mullins doubling to right to plate Adley Rutschman. So um, Ryan O'Hearn then tried coming home, but he was thrown out, and then the Astros came right back at it with uh, with two more runs in the seventh and the eighth, and then it was Cedric Mullins yet again, a three-run blast to make it 8-7, to seven. and in the top of the ninth, and there you go, a day after clinching the... Uh, Orioles postseason hopes. Cedric Mullins is the hero yet again. And then Sainel Perez came in for two-thirds of an inning. Then they turned it over to Yanir Cano, um, who got a win. Um, or the save, rather. And that was all she wrote. You know, the O's win it 8-7 to seven there in Game 1. Then Game 2, you know, was more of a slugfest. Back-and-forth game. Um, a little like we saw from the first game, but without the the late uh, heroics um, in the ninth inning. But it was Austin Hayes who delivered. He had a two-home run night. He had one in the top of the third, um, which was a three-run homer, and then another one in the seventh, solo bomb. So four, home, uh, four RBIs, rather, for Austin Hayes on the night. Just a great... You know, great um, play performance by Hayes all day long. Kyle Gibson on the mound, he struggled. I mean, look, going into the postseason, I don't know what to really do about Kyle Gibson. I'd like to bring him out of the bullpen because I think it could help. But at the same time, I don't really know how much experience Gibson has coming out of the bullpen. I mean, I don't think last year for the Phillies he appeared in any of the postseason games um, as a bullpen pitcher. So I don't really know what to do there if I'm the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, then They um, inverted for the ninth where it was Yenier Cano starting it off, and then he got into some trouble, so they brought in CNL Perez for the final out to finish things off, and the O's take the series. Huge series win, and trust me, this could have been a series, and especially that first game there where it's kind of the hangover game, so to speak, whereas the Orioles really, you know, partied hard in the clubhouse after the the postseason clinching game 
um, against the Rays, and they came out and they win eight to seven. Um, and then you know yesterday, same kind of the same thing. They could have then you know rolled one over, didn't happen. And then today, unfortunately, the Orioles. You know, I mean, it was just a matter of time. I feel like for them, you know, where you where you felt like for the first two games, you know, and with the way the third one was was happening with the closeness of it. It was just a matter of time before um, the mojo was going to flip, and that it did as the as the O's um, lost two to one. Kyle Bradish, you know, pitched pitched well. I thought he did a solid job. Um, I think, you know, really the offense, um, you know, they just didn't have it today. Uh, you know, Javier went out there and he pitched. Pitched well and then turned it over to the bullpen and and no runs came across. I mean, it you know it seemed like that bullpen came out with a with the mindset that there was going to be no way that the O's um, that they were going to get any runs there later on in that game. The Astros who are battling hard right now to maintain that top spot in the AL West and the O's they're also battling hard for the top spot in the uh, American League East, um, obviously. But just uh, just unfortunate that they couldn't get it done, but they will be moving on now to the Cleveland Guardians. Um, and it's going to be Grayson Rodriguez tomorrow night. Um, starting pitcher for the Guardians is TBA, so this might be a bullpen game. Grayson Rodriguez, who had a fantastic performance, a fantastic performance uh, last Saturday against the Rays. Let's see if he can back that up. Um, he... He, uh, you know, the O's had previously lost um, five out of their last six, and he ended the bleeding um, and got them on a four-game win streak. Let's see what happens here. Um, game two, it's going to be Dean Kramer going out there for the O's, and then Shane Bieber for the Guardians. Bieber with a three-seven-seven ERA. Um, you know, Bieber's veteran guy uh and you know i believe um for him you know you cannot with bieber you, you know 95 k's this year um not exactly the shane bieber season you know you, you're used to seeing so it'd be nice if the o's can come out and attack early and uh, get some runs across the board um for dean kramer let him you know, settle in um, there, uh, you know, and and get the get the O's get the O's to win. Um, and I'd like to see also that bullpen. I mean, you know, it'd be nice if you know Grayson Rodriguez could give you six strong innings, and then beat, and then Kramer come out and give you, um, you know, perhaps uh, I, I don't want to say six. I feel like that's a little lofty for Kramer. But just give you good innings. A four one seven ERA for him. You know, I, I will say like solid six innings. I mean, you know, I know that's kind of pushing it. He's only gone the furthest he's gone in his last three starts is just five. But if he could give you six strong innings, um, that'd be good to keep the offense intact. And then it's going to be John Means. Then on Saturday it was a three six zero ERA. Um, John Means would be awesome to see him go out and just handle business um you know against the guardians i i'm 
you know, I can't even remember the last time he even would have played, pitched against Cleveland. I'm assuming it would have been 2021, I would think, um, but it's been a while. And they'll be facing Cal Quantrill, who has a 5-2-6 ERA. So this is, you know, uh, someone you can definitely, righty pitcher, you can get to. Um, I'd expect Gunnar Henderson to, to perhaps tee off on this guy, so to speak. And then Sunday, it's going to be Kyle Gibson on the mound. Need Kyle Gibson. 5-0-0 ERA. You know, he's seen the Guardians um, a decent amount in his career, you know, coming from his days in Minnesota. Um, and, you know, it's been... Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I mean, he's 3-3 three and three with an ERA of 4-6-4. He's had a lot of starts, 10 against the Guardians. Um, you know, we'll see. Last start he made was in 2019. Wow. Only went one inning that game. Just mustered one inning. So we'll see. Hopefully Gibson can do uh, better, to say the least, against Cleveland. But, you know, he, Kyle Gibson, like I said, I don't really know what to make of it. I mean, it's been a weird season for him. He's shown flashes of this guy. You know, he looks really, really good. And then there are times where, you know, you're kind of saying to yourself, geez, you know, DFA Kyle Gibson. But because of the veteran presence he brings, that's why they keep Kyle Gibson, obviously, with the younger pitching staff. Um, and then it's Gavin Williams' young arm. Righty arm for the Guardians, 3-2-9 ERA. So young, they don't even have his profile picture here on ESPN. 81 strikeouts on the year for him and um, just uh, the few appearances he's made this year, 16 in all, has only pitched in 82 innings. So, you know, you really need to get this guy uh, early. Hopefully the O's do that. Um, you know, this is a young Orioles team, so many of these guys may even have faced Gavin Williams in the minors. Um, but hopefully they can uh, they can come out ready to go, um, to say the least, against this Cleveland Guardians squad. Uh, they're not playing for anything. I don't believe the Guardians have a shot uh, at the playoffs. They're 12 and a half games back on the wild card, and yeah, they don't have a chance. Um, you know, they're nine games back on the division. Unless something crazy happens with the Twins. You know, I think the Twins' magic number is actually down to probably one or two at this point to clinch the American League East, uh, excuse me, American League Central. So, yeah, that's the case right there. Looking at the standings for the Orioles, the Rays two and a half games back. Remember how I said that was such a pivotal, pivotal series because the Rays were facing the Los Angeles Angels um, who have their third game of that series tomorrow. You know, so taking two out of three again was huge as the Rays have, you know, are going uh, into a rubber match tomorrow against the Angels. And the next upcoming series for the Rays will be at home against the Blue Jays for three games. So for the O's, getting a series win, taking three out of four from the uh, Cleveland Guardians is a must at this point, a must. You got to have it. Uh, and the Astros are now only a half a game up on the Rangers. And right now, um, the Orioles also 
have clinched for whoever wins the American League East. And I believe um, it may specifically apply to the Orioles, but the top spot. So they are the they will have home field, um, not home field advantage. I'm thinking football here, but uh, they have you know they have clinched up the top spot and will have the first two games of the American League Division Series and Championship Series at home. Big, big job by this young team. I was listening to um, Mad Dog Chris Russo the other day, and. You know, I, I was on high heat on MLB Network, and it was it caught me by surprise because I kind of forgot about it, right? Like we forget that in the you know um, spring training, you know, and in the off season, the Orioles made no big acquisitions. Like we thought that this team was gonna just be fourth place at best in the AL East. You know, they are not making any moves. You know, management is not spending big money. You know, they signed Kyle Gibson to a short deal. They signed Adam Fraser to a short deal. They signed James McCann to a short deal. All on one-year prove-it contracts. Not really prove-it contracts, but just one-year kind of veteran contracts. And, you know, it just kind of, you know, made you think, what are we doing? Why are we not, you know, going out and spending money on a big free agent? Why aren't we getting a Justin Verlander? You know, what what are the Orioles doing? It is. You know, it's just amazing where they are now. You know, flash forward like nine months, and they've got the best record in baseball. Um, you know, it's unbelievable what this team has done. You know, it's it's uh, astounding. Excuse me, not baseball, in the uh, American League. I thought that sounded wrong. It's just, it's amazing what they've been able to do. Because let me tell you what, had this team, you know, come into this season and just, you know, kind of like teetered with the wild card. You know, you'd sit there and say, well, with what they have, they're a young team. This is a positive sign moving forward. This right now, the way the Orioles look, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm just going to say it like this. The future is very, very bright. You know, you think about top to bottom in the lineup, Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, you know, you, you throw in um, some of the younger guys we've got to see this year. Jordan Westberg. Um, at times, Colton Kowser. I keep seeing him on SportsCenter uh, top 10 plays making these amazing center field uh, grabs out there. Um, and it's just the talent is so rich. You know, Ryan Mountcastle, uh, Heston Kerstad. And then you look, you know, in the minors and you've got just you know another plethora of players that are waiting to come up jackson holiday looks unbelievable um and you're get, you're getting contribution from some of your you know veteran guys like austin hayes cedric mullins i mean i guess we're considering cedric mullins compared to some of the other guys on this team now a veteran uh and austin hayes who you know for the previous couple seasons i was saying trade the guy I mean, you know, he has to have value, you know, moving on somewhere else because I just wasn't seeing it from him. Um, it's just amazing. You know, Adam Frazier at times throughout this season, we've seen power from him. We've seen him come up clutch. Ryan O'Hearn, who came out of absolutely nowhere and has been huge. And then the pitching. You know, we've seen um, Kyle Bradish come into his own. 
We've seen Dean Kramer go out there and give you solid performances throughout the season, albeit we want to see improvement from him, but solid performances to say the least. We've seen Grayson Rodriguez come back um, from you know a stint in the minors, and he's pitched fantastic. You know we've uh, we've seen all out of the bullpen. Obviously, Felix Bautista was you know probably at this point in the season, if he was healthy and still continuing on with what he was doing, we would have been saying. Maybe Felix Bautista could have been a Cy Young candidate. Just saying. Just saying. You know, a guy that I think flew a little under the radar because it's the Baltimore market and his name's not Edwin Diaz up there with the Mets. He kind of flew a little under the radar. Yanir Cano, who was fantastic throughout the season as a setup man. He had the rock and the mountain there coming in. That was exciting. Um, You know, and it's just... I just have to say it's so, so huge to see this team that was a laughing stock throughout baseball for the previous couple years build itself into a team that's you know looks so rich with talent right now. They're getting huge production from everywhere. And oh, I forgot to mention Anthony Santander. I I believe I mentioned Ryan Mountcastle, but there's another name. Ryan Mountcastle came out of nowhere. I was wondering if, you know, maybe they'll just move on from the guy. He's dealing with health issues. Um, he wasn't solid last year. And then he just, he was on fire. He all of a sudden comes off the IL and he's like, you know, the MVP of the team all of a sudden. When Austin Hayes and Anthony Santander dipped, Mountcastle shot right back up. Um, and this isn't a team, you know, that's even been there. There hasn't been really one guy on the Orioles that I can think of that's been hot all throughout the season. In the beginning, you know, or actually in the very beginning, it was Jorge Mateo. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle had that crazy. What was it like a seven RBI game, nine RBI game, or something like that? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but those two guys were leading the way, and then they cooled off, and then Gunnar Henderson came out of nowhere, and then Anthony Santander started to, you know, get hot. And he was a player I was wondering if you might think about exploring in a trade. But that, obviously, as we know, didn't happen. And it's just, it's unbelievable. This is a really, really fun team. I enjoy watching it. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait to see what October holds. But I can't wait to see what this next, I mean, take it game by game. I can't wait to see this this next game against the Guardians. And Brandon Hyde as well. I want to give my flowers to Brandon Hyde, albeit, you know, we do have a long way to go. But, you know, the Orioles were a team when he inherited, they were a mess, a flat-out mess in 2019. I mean, he inherited a team that only won 47 games in 2018. 2019, you know, five games better under Brandon Hyde's first year, 54, COVID-shortened 2020 season. 25 and 35 take that as you will 2021 they only win 52 games there were some cool moments that year like john means no hitter and they they finished off the year pretty hot and that's what i think really set up last year's success where they found themselves you know kind of down uh and entering into june call up adley rushman they go on a run um not a run but they go on a on a wild card hunt 83 and 79 the first you know, season where the Orioles, and it was a really, really positive year. Uh, I remember feeling at the end of last season, like, okay, you know, you, you got a taste of what good September baseball looks like. Um, you finish above 500 for the first time since 2016, 
and now you're going to the to the postseason now this year with 90 um, guaranteed to be 95 wins. Unbelievable what this team has done. They will have, you know, if this keeps up, they get one more win. They will have tied, you know, their most since 2014. And if they go over, that's the most since 2014 when they won their last AL East division title. Hopefully that continues this year. But thanks, everyone. I'm going to finish my, you know, my praise on this. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'll be back on with another episode for the Charm City Sport uh, podcast this upcoming Friday. I'll put out one for the Ravens' upcoming game against the Colts. But for the Orioles, I'll be back on Sunday recapping the series against the Cleveland Guardians. And we will be looking ahead towards the um, following series. Um, that following week against the Washington Nationals for the final homestand of two-game series um, against the Nationals for the uh, Beltway rivalry. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next time.